Hey folks, Dr. Jordan here. Welcome back to another episode of Raising Daughters. And I'm glad you stopped by every week or so to, to listen to these. And I'm really happy that you guys send them to other people. I've talked to a lot of people who, who got onto this podcast because someone shared one with them. And uh, if you're the kind of parent who wants to remain an influence in your daughter's life now through the teen years and or forever, then you are in the right place. And I'm going to, I have a, a guest today. We're going to talk about a topic that I've never talked about before in my podcast. And it, it goes by many names. I, I looked online recently. It's really interesting. Let me, let me read off the, the, to, the topic of today's uh, uh, podcast, but, uh, but kind of like the slang parts. Ant flow, anti-flow, time of the month, on the rag, red army, red tide, code red, the red badge of courage, monthly visitor, Lady Time, uh, Surfing the Crimson Wave, Bloody Mary, Girl Flu, Shark Week, Having the Painters in, Moon Time, and my personal favorite, The Curse. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today is periods. We're going to talk about menstruation. And my guest is, is uh, Kirsten Karchmer. And she I'm going to actually let her tell you what she does, but she has been working with women for thousands of women for over 20 years, helping them to improve their health, and especially around issues around their cycles, fertility, things like that. And, and Kirsten Karchmer also has a new book out called Seeing Red from Simon & Schuster, which just kind of breaks down all the myths about periods and menstruation, the importance of a healthy menstrual cycle, how to achieve that. So welcome to the show, uh, Kirsten. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. I think this is such an important topic. I love how you're mentoring so many um, fathers of daughters along that journey, because I think that that relationship is just such a beautiful and critical one in, um, in a girl's you know evolution around her sense of self. I mean, both parents play a critical role in that. So um, I'm excited to talk. Yeah. I mean, I was a reproductive acupuncturist for about 20 years. And um, during that time, I was really interested in what is real integrative medicine at the time. And even currently integrative medicine looks like you see a doctor until that doesn't work. And then you go and see some other alternative practitioner, or you see an alternative practitioner until that doesn't work. And then you go see a physician and, and no one's communicating and we're not getting the best. And because I'm trained on both sides of Western medicine and Chinese medicine, I decided I wanted to figure out like real integrative medicine is the intersection of the best of Western medicine, the best of Chinese medicine, the best of nutrition, mind, body, behavioral health, et cetera. And I spent 20 years doing that with about 10,000 women working to improve their fertility. And what I found was that actually the menstrual cycle was the most powerful barometer of a woman's overall health, but also her fertility. And that um, menstrual cycles actually aren't curses for your favorite, um, you know, slang for curses. We've been conditioned that way because we haven't supported women and people with periods along their journey through menstruation, but actually periods are, um, can be an instrument of unfair advantage because every single month, a person's period will tell them how much their period likes, how much their body likes or dislikes how they're caring for it. So I meet with a lot of people who will say, well, yeah, I'm a vegan and I CrossFit and I'm skinny and I drink smoothies and I'm, you know, weight, whatever. And I'll say, how's your period? And they say, oh, it's a shit storm. It's, it's, it's yeah. terrible. This happens, that happens, PMS cramping. I said, so then you're not healthy. Your period is saying, I don't like what you're doing. 
Whereas another person that might be perfect for them. And so it allows us to have a feedback system to try different ways of caring for our bodies and see how it gets referenced in our monthly cycle. Yeah. I have lots of questions for you, but before I ask the questions, I'm, I work with a lot of young women who are in middle school, high school, college, and they're all freaked out because they don't know what they're going to do with their life. And they're stressed out and pressured because the whole system is saying, well, you should know all this. And yeah. so I always tell them, I always like to ask people, how'd you get to, to where you are? Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about, I'm sure when you were 16, I'm, well, maybe I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm guessing when you were 16, you didn't think someday when I'm 30 or 40, however old you are, I'll be working with periods <laughs> as my life, as my life's calling. So I'm, right. I'm curious about how you got there. Yeah. So it was a circuitous route. Actually, when I was very young, probably when I was 16 years old, I thought I wanted to be a newscaster. Perfect. Uh, which is interesting because I actually, because of my TikTok, I'm kind of doing period news every single day in the end. Um, I have a English and French degree and studied linguistics is a graduate degree. And then I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis oh. and I, I was a competitive athlete my whole life, gymnast and competitive tennis player, and then um, couldn't walk uh, without a cane. I was very, very sick. And I was teaching at the University of Texas and um, in the linguistics department. And I would teach and then I would go into the ladies' bathroom and sleep until the next class, like just how exhausted my body was, you know. And I always joke and say, like, they had these industrial toilets in the bathroom. And I had, it was before cell phones or anything. So I had this little pop up alarm clock. So I'd wake up in time and I'd put it right next to my head. And there'd be toilets like, And I was so tired. I would sleep for hours on the, they had couches in the bathroom. And um, I had gotten a job at Seoul National University, um, which is basically the Korean, Korean Harvard um, teaching in their English department. And, uh, and I thought, well, I, I didn't really know much about Asia at the time I was a kid. And I thought, well, I'm going to start doing martial arts because I'm scared. I want to be able to, I'm disabled. I use a cane. I want to be able to protect myself. So with a cane, I'm doing, this is the, start doing the Korean special forces training. And, um, and I picked that because they use a lot of weapons. And I thought, well, this is a good opportunity to weaponize my disability. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I'm, you know, they should have called it the push-up martial arts, but um, anyways, and one of my friends in school, I mean, in, in my martial arts class was in acupuncture college and I was really, really sick. And she's like, you really should just go see my teacher once. Just one time I was like, acupuncture is crap. That's not going to, that's like going to a psychic. And I'm like, I'm a scientist. That's not going to do anything. And she's like, you're a fool because even if it has a chance of a 10% chance of improving your quality of life, isn't it worth at least exploring? And she's like, don't you trust me enough just to have one conversation? And I was like, okay, okay. So I go, I'm being a punk. I hide my cane. I hide my chart. This, you know, five foot tall Chinese guy comes in who ultimately becomes one of my professors. He sits down, he starts feeling my pulse. In acupuncture, we use pulse diagnosis and tongue tongue diagnosis as one of our diagnostics. He sits there very quietly, just breathing. And I'm rolling my eyes. I'm like, this is crap, you know. And he looks up after a few minutes and he says, oh, you're so tired. And I said, whatever, everybody's tired. I was really tired, like a one out of 10, you know. But you know how when you see a psychic and they say, oh, it's a man. You're like, yes, my uncle, he just died, you know. (laughs) So I said, so he keeps feeling, I'm rolling my eyes still. And he says, oh, you cannot digest food which was true. I had really bad digestive disorders. I mean, problems like really, really bad digestive issues. And I was like, 
okay, that's kind of true. He keeps feeling. And he says, you have muscle weakness. And I got freaked out. And I said, well, okay, actually I have multiple sclerosis. He starts clapping. He's like, that makes perfect sense. He's so happy. And I, I was just like, are you punking me? Why are you so happy? He's like, oh, this is, yes, this makes perfect sense. And I said, what's going on? He goes, I said, how can you tell all that from my pulse? And he said, well, we've been feeling pulses in Chinese medicine for 5,000 years. Hmm. He said, imagine if you played guitar. I see you have guitars in your background, in your back uh, yeah. behind you, Tim. Yeah. If somebody, and I play classical guitar too. He's like, if, after playing guitar for many, 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 many years, if somebody changed your strings without you knowing it, and then you came to your guitar, would you notice? Yeah, absolutely. If they change the tension, if they change the tone, right? He's like, we've been feeling pulses. So we, we discovered that there's a lot of things you can feel. For example, when there's abundant blood, the radial artery will have a certain thickness. And when there's anemia, you'll be very thin and thready and so on and so on. And I was, I started getting interested and I'm like, okay, this is not crap. This is interesting. And, um, you were hooked. I, I pretty much was, it was the moment because then what he said next was the thing that I think most people will find the most interesting is he said, when you were born, you had multiple sclerosis, but you had no symptoms. Your body was so strong. And he said, but then you were a gymnast and you trained eight hours a day since you were five years old. And he said, so people our listeners can't see this, but your disease was very weak and your body was very strong. He goes, but you trained and trained and trained and trained and trained. And he goes about probably 16, 17 started getting close and 18, your disease started getting stronger than your body. And you started having symptoms. And then by the time you were 20, your disease was very strong and your body was very weak. And that's where we are right now. And he's like, my job is to figure out all the factors that are keeping your body from being strong. And how do we restore it so that your body is stronger than your disease and then maybe you'll go into remission. And now that was 32 years ago. Mm. And I've pretty much been in remission. Like I still have MS, but I have to really manage myself all the time. So I went to Korea. I taught there for a year. I had a fantastic time. I love Korea. And when I came back the first month, I was back and I started graduate school for Chinese medicine and in acupuncture college, um, every single symptom means something diagnostically, whether you get a twitch in the afternoon at three o'clock in the afternoon, if you have nasal congestion, is it clear, white, yellow, green, all of that gives us very, every single piece of it. But with the menstrual cycle, it's the same thing. The regularity, the cervical discharge, the kind of PMS, there's 40 different symptoms that a person can have before their period. Each one tells us something different about what organs are functioning or malfunctioning the color of the blood, the quantity, the volume, I became obsessed with the menstrual blood and with menstruation. And I'm sure I'm only like one of three people in the universe that's ever said that, <laughs> but it was such valuable diagnostic data. Uh, and I started seeing how it related to fertility and so on and so on. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that most girls, women, I work with girls. I'm guessing most of them are not very tuned into their bodies much less right. their periods and of those 40 symptoms, not symptoms, those 40 uh, symptoms, yeah. pieces of information that they could be tuned into every month. Uh, is, I'm sure you're, you find that. Yeah. I mean, well, we talked a little bit before we started about my TikTok. So um, I do a live show every day and have about a thousand girls and people, young people with periods. I tried to say both because we do have a lot of people in our community who are not necessarily 
identify as female who menstruate. Um, and the questions that they ask me often shock me because I, it really makes me realize how little um, young people with periods have middle-aged people with periods, adult people with periods. No, I mean, I get questions like I want to use a tampon and I don't know what hole to put it in like really fundamental information. And the other thing, and this is one of the reasons why I was so excited to come on your podcast is that um, one of the most popular questions is like, how in the world am I going to talk about this with my parents or the parents asking me, how in the world am I going to talk about this with my daughter? And, um, and so I think that one of the reasons that, that people with periods don't know about their periods is because we've been conditioned since the beginning of time that, you know, menstruation is shameful, that it should be secreted and hidden away. And so because of that, you know, we're in a state in which more than 82% of people with periods report life interrupting menstrual pain and PMS, 80%. Yeah. And uh, so that's sort of my work is about how to change that conversation. And how do we, how do we teach people um, the value of their cycle? Like I always tell, I'm writing a children's book right now. Well, a graphic novel actually called becoming superhuman because the girls are like, uh, how am I going to tell my mom about this? How am I going to talk to my dad? I live with my dad and you know, I don't have a mom or whatever. And I was like, first of all, you have to drop this whole thing because that's just a byproduct of society telling us that this is embarrassing and dirty and shameful. What they forgot to tell you is that when you start your period, you actually become a superhuman. You, you have the ability now to take one cell and mash it up with another cell and make a human. So there's nothing to be ashamed of. You roll into your living room. You're like, whoa, I just became a superhuman. We need to go to the drugstore and get some stuff. And by the way, let's have a party. Yeah. I think because there's so much ignorance around this issue with girls, it's probably also hard for them to ask for information or ask for help. Also for those gr for girls and women because of the, you said 80 something percent of them have symptoms and, yeah. and issues and stuff, they think it's normal and that, and therefore it's just part of it. So I just have to suck it up and put up with it. I'm guessing that you find that. Absolutely. I mean, even, even people will argue with me because I always say menstrual pain and PMS is not normal just because 80% because we're like, well, everybody has, I'm like, but almost everybody has diabetes too, but we would never say that was normal, right? Mm -hmm. We know that's a problem in a condition. And if you can get rid of it, it's definitely not normal. Right. But um, women will tell me, yeah, well, you shouldn't mess with your period because that's God's way of training your uterus for childbirth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is not true. That is not, that is a thousand percent true. I don't know God personally, but I'm a hundred percent sure that he is not that big of a jerk to just make us suffer needlessly to prepare for childbirth. They'll say um, that's the, our punishment for the sin, Eve's sin in the garden. I, no, no, that's not true. I promise because we can fix it. And, um, and so there's a lot of mythology about like that, that tells us that suffering around menstruation is um, normal, appropriate. Um, doctors will often tell women like you just have bad luck. Um, and it's, it's this patent um, misinformation. Yeah. So, so then how do you approach that? When, if you get a, an adolescent girl who's, um, well, may not have just started her periods, but she has a lot of symptoms, cramps, uh, pain, whatever. How, how do you approach them? Well, I mean, because the where I get to talk with young um, girls and people with periods is on TikTok in my live show. Um, you know, they're asking, mostly asking questions. So I, I really approach it in the way with just like, 
very, very straight answers. Like when they ask me, like, I want to use tampons, but I don't know what hole there is. I'm like, look, it's really easy. There's three holes. There's the pee hole. There's the poop hole. And there's another hole in between. That's the opening to your vagina. Mm-hmm. And they're, they would say that video had a million, 500,000 views. It had 27,000 comments. It said, who'd have known? I didn't know there was three holes. Uh, I was like, and not all uh, of my following, probably 50% of them are girls who have not had a period yet. So that means the other 50% of them have our menstruators. Yeah. So even in this, in this day and age, there's still a lot of shame and I don't know if shame's the right word, but yeah, it is uh, shame. Yeah, shame around uh, your secondary sexual characteristics, your body. Um and, and girls are probably afraid to talk about it. They think they're the only ones. I, I've been running retreats and summer camps for 30 years and we do circle time. We talk about things. And that's one of the most important things that they love about my camps and retreats is that they realize I'm not the only one. I'm guessing when you give them just information and talk about all this, they're like, oh, wow, I thought I was the only one who thought that way or didn't know. I think that, you know, I think you hit it right on the nail because, um, they're not talking to anybody about their periods. I mean, I have a 16 year old daughter and when she was, you know, starting her period and her friends were starting her periods, I was asking her, cause I said, you know, I kept asking her, has your period started? Has your period started? And I said, have any of your friends' periods started? She's like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Like I was um. the craziest, it was just like, it was the craziest question that I'd ever asked her. And you know, like, it's like, why would I ask them about that? And yeah. I said, well, you live in a period house, you know, like, yeah. so. So what's your advice for, for moms and dads who have a daughter who's, well, they may already be menstruating, but they also may be uh, approaching that, you know, puberty and, and they haven't started yet. What's your best advice for how do you create the safety in the relationship so that you can talk about things like periods? I, this is, this is my favorite question. So I'm so glad you asked it. So first of all, don't wait for a talk. That's, mm-hmm. that's the worst thing that you can possibly do because then it's going to be nothing but awkward and is incredibly painful. Lots of tequila shots to try to like muscle mm-hmm. through that. The trick is to try to normalize it as early as humanly possible. So in a house where there's a mom and a dad, it makes it easier. Um, there's just a script that I have where, um, you know, at, at any age from at any age, right. When mom needs menstrual supplies, you plan it out. So at dinner, she's cook if she cooks, you know, or doing whatever. And you say, the dad says, Hey baby, I'm going to the grocery store. Do you need anything? She says, yeah, I need some tampons and pads. And he's like, great. Do you want like, and you know, ask some, do you want the always or the tampax? Mm-hmm. This sends a signal that menstruation is just a normal thing. And then you come home and you plop it on the living, the kitchen table. Mm. Right. Yeah. You just, there's none of this, like so many families, it's all secreted away in a brown bag and hidden in the bathroom and locked down and you just pop them out. Like, you know, and then I think that actually TikTok is a very, very useful tool to break the ice. There's a lot of funny TikTok um, content about periods and puberty and just get on TikTok and write in, you know, do the search bar and type in menstrual blood, period, period poops first period and just scroll and then send them to your child. Like, Oh my gosh, I saw this. I laughed my head off. So funny. Again, this just sends a message. There's a really funny one um, that this dad did. Uh, He's a comedian where he does this duet where he does these two different things. And um, 
you can make yourself have a funny face. So it looks like the kid face and the, the kid says, dad, dad, something crazy happened today. I got to, and he's like, what happened? He goes, I went into the bathroom because I had to take a poop and he goes, and I opened the door and there was a lady in there and she was taking a poop. And he's like, but something was really wrong. He goes, dad, I think her wiener fell off. <laughs> he's like, there was blood everywhere and her wiener fell off. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, I know he goes, I, ah. he was like, no, no, no. That's just how it is. He goes, every month she bleeds all over the place and her wiener falls off. Okay. It's just an example of yeah. something that's just so preposterous that will break the ice for yeah. communication. You know, um, so I had five, young, I had five younger sisters growing up. And so the way my mom handled periods was they, they would go in uh, my sister would go in the bathroom and they'd she'd say, mom, I'm, uh, and my mom would slide a tampon underneath the door and never have a conversation. That was their education. I'm assuming you're saying that would not have been the, the right approach. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, that's, that's a good situation. I mean, often the girls are using socks. Because they're too ashamed to even, they're like, how do I ask my mom for some pads? I'm like, hop into the living room, baby, send her a text. I was like, I always tell them if I said, you're really feeling uncomfortable, send her a period meme. There's bazillions of them. Use humor, right? Levity. Um, and I said, the ones who are going through puberty, I said, don't, because I like, how do I tell my mom when I got here? I'm like, don't wait until you start your period. And I tell the girls to do the same thing. Start sending your parents funny things about periods. They see you, they see you're getting boobs. They see hair on your legs. They know you're going, everyone is like having a heart attack about this conversation. You have the opportunity to be the leader. Your parents are scared. Be the one who has more courage, break it out. Just start talking about it. And also, I, I would guess you would agree with this. A lot of girls I work with, it's kind of like, well, that's my, that's, I only talk to my mom about that. I talk to my dad about other things because, you know, we're both girls and blah, blah, blah. And I, I would guess you would say, well, that, that's not necessarily true. Well, I think that it, it takes some work on dad and daughter's part to be open in that conversation. But the most important is the earliest. I mean, because, you know, there are lots of girls who live with a single dad and they don't have a female in their life. So yeah. the dad has to step up and just do it. Um, I think just the earlier that you can just normalize, you know, especially like if you have your daughter and you are at the grocery store, go and say, just make something. I mean, I always tell the truth, but like have this, find out what your part wife or female partner uses and go and why she's sitting there at the grocery store and say, hold on, I got to get your mom some tampons. Mm -hmm. The more you can just make it part of no normal big deal. life. Just part of life. It's part of our conversation. If you hear like a funny, yeah. you know, like I had a friend who's had a five-year-old son who was using in the mom's bathroom and he came out and he had, and you can use this story, right? Um, you can tell your daughters at any age, this is perfectly appropriate. The kid, the five-year-old comes out and he's got maxi pads. He had taken the stickers off and stuck them all over himself. Mm. And he's like, mom, check it out. I found these awesome stickers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Again, it's just saying like, this is not a taboo topic. We can talk about this and it's, there's humor and it's funny and it's a, and it's a legitimate, a legitimate thing that, yeah. you know. So that also begs the question, at least for me, then how do we educate our boys? Um, because it's, I mean, obviously we need to educate girls starting when they're young and it needs to be a, a process. It's not like the talk. It's like, just like sex. Like, how do I do the talk? Well, it should be like, I've been their whole life. You've had talks about relationships and love and your body and everything. So it's the same thing with menstruation. I'm, I'm curious about what your thoughts are about how do we educate boys? So I think that um, it's, it's not dissimilar, right? In a house where that's happening, 
it starts to normalize it. And that's the opportunity for mom. If there's a mom in the house, you know, to be able to start, she's at the grocery store and she's like, hold on, I got to get some tampons. Or um, I can't do that right now because I need to, I'm having my period right now. And my, you know, I'm having cramps. It really hurts. Could you bring me a cup of tea? And, um, and I think that the, the, the gold star is to, because they're going to ask questions and they're like, what do you mean you're on your period? And I think just thinking about the age appropriate response for that. um, Like when my daughter was very young, I would say, you know, my daughter stayed with me everywhere. She just was like, gum on shoe, you know, and I would be in the bathroom and she would look in the toilet afterwards. And I was like, give mama a little bit of space, baby. And she saw that there was blood in the toilet and she's like, Oh no, what's wrong. What's wrong. And I said, Oh no, this is perfectly normal. My baby maker has to make a, like a blanket inside of it for the baby to grow. And if a baby doesn't grow in there, that blanket, it just cleans itself out every single month. It's like an amazing thing. And so you can say something very that, you know, be for a very, and then you can up the game as they become more, and the more open that you are, the more free they will be to ask questions, show them a tampon. Like if they're like, what is it? And like, yeah, well, some blood comes out. And so I use a tampon. You can just show it to me, take it out of the wrapper. And then the gold star is then if mom is saying like, I don't feel so good because it's my, you know, having my period right now. If dad models rock star behavior, like saying, oh, baby, let's order in tonight since you're having your period. Or how about if I cook tonight? Or can I make you a cup of tea? Or can I bring you the heating pad? Why don't you put your feet up and just relax? I know this is like a really important time that your body needs restoration. What, what, what daughter sees is like, that's the kind of man that I want to choose as a mate. Mm-hmm. And what son sees is that's what kind of mate I want to be. Yeah. And I would guess too, I work with girls a lot in retreats and camps and things. And so one of the issues that comes up a lot is, you know, being made fun of, being teased. How do I handle that? Rumors, gossip, drama, blah, blah, blah. So I empower girls a lot to not allow things like that to get to them, to keep their power and not give their power away. And so I think when boys are in adolescence, boys and girls are in adolescence, there's all kinds of joking and kind of ridiculing girls because they're on their period. And if the girl's a little crabby, are you on your period? So I would guess if girls are empowered and educated, that they would be able to handle that and just throw it right back, not let it get to them. But also, I guess, in the home for, for parents to educate boys about how rude that is, how disrespectful that is. Um, I think that's, me. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I'm right with you. I think that that same thing, like when dad is, is doing those things, that's a perfect opportunity for dad to say to the son, like exactly what you just said, you know, what you're going to see at school is boys teasing girls and, and saying, are you on the rag? You must, you're such a beach, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you're crabby. And, um, and that is not a good man. Yeah. A good man understands that like a woman has a menstrual cycle by having a menstrual cycle, she's participating in the future of our species. Like without her having a menstrual cycle, we will all be dead as a species. It is a very honorable and respectful time. And, and, and girls and women deserve our respect and care when they're menstruating because sometimes they suffer because of their contribution to society. Mm. And of course you could you know make that age appropriate for any age, but just continue modeling, but also just highlighting what they will expect to see. Um, actually the lady who helps me, uh, who cleans my house is this amazing woman from Mexico. And she, she told me that she talked to her son, our, both of our boys were going through puberty at the same time. And she said, she said, yeah, um, she goes, first of all, you know, you're going to middle school and your body's going to be changing. You're going to start having erections and, you know, more erections. And she's like, and the girl's bodies are really going to start changing. 
and you're going to be interested in them and you might get erections from it. And um, she's like, first of all, it's okay to glance, but it's never okay to stare. She's like, that's very disrespectful. She's like, you are going to just, I loved how just real she was with him Mm -hmm. about it. Like, yeah, you're going to find that attractive and want to look at it. Just a quick glance is fine, but you don't want to, you know, glare, comment, none of that's appropriate touch. Um, And she says, and sometimes girls are going to have their periods. And she explained, you know, what that is to him. She showed him a tampon and she said, and what you're going to see is this, you know, sometimes teasing girls. And she says, a good man will always defend that. Mm. A good man will always stand up for that girl. A good man will, when she's walking down the hallway and maybe she has, like, sometimes there's a lot of blood and sometimes it gets on their pants and people will tease her about that. A good man will take off his jacket and give it to her and wrap it around her waist and say, Hey, you got a little something on your pants. He's like, you can use my jacket till tomorrow. Hmm. I was like, that's a good man, right? That's, that's a good mom too. If every boy had that training. Yeah. So beautiful. We're talking with, uh, uh, Kurt, sorry, I was going to say Kristen, sorry, Kirsten Karchmer. And she, uh, she's the author of a, of a new book, I think called Seeing Red. Uh, it's being published by Simon Schuster. Tell us about the book. Yes. Yeah, so the book is basically um, two parts. Um, I couldn't decide which direction to go. The first half of it is the history of the menstrual cycle. Like when I learned that 80% of, of people with periods were experiencing life interrupting menstrual pain, I just, I just couldn't understand like how that would be possible that no one was talking about that. Menstrual pain is the number one reason why girls miss school. And um, if we're going to empower girls to be successful in the world, they must be educated. They can't be going through a week to two weeks of the month compromised and missing school. And so I did a deep dive on the historical thought process and cultural relevance of the menstrual cycle. So that's the first part of it. Pretty interesting because Aristotle said in the third century, excuse me, Aristotle said, women are the inferior species because they menstruate. And the first I went back and read everything from the beginning of written language. I was a linguist, right? About menstruation. And for the first 1,500 years, there was nothing written. There was complete radio silence. And the first thing that I could find was in the book of Leviticus. It said, that thing is so vile. It's as vile as a menstruating woman or the devil. And so at that moment, I I thought, that's why we hate ourselves. Right. Makes sense. Right. Right. That's it's. And that was the prevailing medical theory, at least from Aristotle for 13 centuries. And, um, and I thought this is why women struggle with our self-esteem, why we don't believe that we're good enough um, because we've been generationally conditioned this, that because we menstruate, we're inferior and filthy and et cetera. So I tackle that in the first half of the book. The second back is about how to understand your menstrual cycle, how to read all the signals, your menstrual cycle, and then how to fix those problems. Very nice. And how can people get a hold of you? How can they find you and all the things that you do? The best way to get in touch with me is from our website, um, www.foreverbrazen.com. Mm. Um, we're building the the most personalized period solution on the planet. But right now you can buy some of the formulas that I developed um, as a clinician for PMS and cramping. So if you or someone you know is having really bad PMS or cramps, you can check that out there. Um, If you're, so uh, you said, how can you get in touch with me? On the website, Forever Brazen, there's a chat bot that goes directly to my email. Okay. And also what's what's your TikTok? uh, My TikTok is- 
Yeah. My TikTok uh, daily show is four central. Um, you can find me at the T-H-E period expert. The period expert. What's the, what's, what's the first part you said? The T-H-E. No, no. You said some channel or something rather. Oh, no. Uh, so just I do a daily live show oh. at four central Monday through Friday, most days. And if you really want to understand if you're a dad, I strongly encourage you to come and listen with your daughter. Yeah. Because it's a very honest conversation, very, very honest conversation. And um, that will not only give you some language to use, but also some jumping off points because then dads can say afterwards, like, wow, when she, when that girl asked that, and then Kirsten said this, what did you think about that? So instead of doing all the talking, just use that as prompts, right? So something that you see, you see her reaction, like, oh, that's crazy or whatever, you know, make a note of that. And then just keep saying, what did you think about that? And, and you know, how do you, how does that relate to you? And those kinds of things and let them do the talking. Thank you so much for coming on Raising Daughters. We really appreciate it. Kirsten Karchmer, that's K-A-R-C-H-M-E-R. Correct. On website. And by the way, in my show notes, I will have this, the links to this also. So if you forget or didn't get a chance to write down because you're driving around or taking a walk, then you, then you can just go to my show notes. Also, this I, I agree with what you said about list, uh, you know, doing that kind of thing with your daughter. Same thing goes for these podcasts like this one. This would be a great podcast to sit, to sit and listen to with your daughter, just to open up conversation, starting points. Um, just You just need to get the conversation going. And girls need the information. that I, I found after 30-something years of working with girls, they're hungry for things like this. They are. And, you know, the other thing is with the podcast is a sneaky way is to listen to it in the car with them. Like, oh. even though they act like they're not listening. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> Right. They're getting the, 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 that's when I always like try and plug something in that I want my kids to hear. Again, thank you, Kirsten Karchmer. Her book is Seeing Red. And again, you can check the show notes to, for the links to, to the, her book and also to her website. I appreciate you coming on. I also appreciate everybody for listening in and stopping by here every week or so. I've been doing more podcasts lately just because people tend to want to listen more than they want to read my blogs. And so, um, so I'm doing more and more podcasts. I appreciate you stopping by, sharing these. I'll be back in a week with another topic and hopefully another interview. Thanks for stopping by. Share this one for sure with your daughters. Listen to, listen to this podcast with them. Even if you've listened to it, then you can, again, put it on the car. You're taking a walk with them to start the conversation about their periods. I'll see you back here in a week. Thank you. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 